Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the BitCast. It's me again, and once again, I am joined by my good friend, whatever his name is. Philip. Yeah, okay. And... <laughs> we, go, we go by that. It has one L, which is kind of unusual, but not that unusual. Today we're going to do our best game explain impression, and I'm going to overwork Philip and underpay him. No, but we were watching the World Ends With You Neo trailer that came out a few months ago, and we never really had a good opportunity to talk about it here, because I know it's one of his favorite games, the original, so I wanted him to talk about it too, but I think that was around the time that Halloween was kicking up, and then I needed a bit of a break in November again, and then I was doing Christmassy episodes for a while. And I do not have the holiday cheer for that. I don't think you were really involved with any of the games I was talking about anyway that much. So... Nuts. Here we are talking about Neo, The World Ends With You, which is an interesting title convention, but then again... The World Ends With You was already a weird title, so what, mm. what, what were you really expecting? I would have liked to be in the timeline where it got to be called It's a Wonderful World. It's a Wonderful World. I don't know. Which is not that weird of a title. Which I guess means we could have gotten Neo It's a Wonderful World, which just feels odd. I feel like the game's awkward English title helps it stand out a bit more, though. Possibly. And it kind of forces you to think a bit more instead of just telling you on the nose that, hey, the world's pretty awesome. It's like, like if it makes you think a bit more, then it's probably indicative of what kind of game it is. It's like, oh, this is a game that really needs you to think about things and look no further than the battle system. Oh, yes. I, th I think that does suit the kind of game it is, but I also don't know how well it works given that most people think it's about the world ending and not, like, your personal world having barriers. Oh, it's like I said, the best ones make you think a little. Okay, and then they aren't super marketable, which I guess not being super marketable is totally in line with this game's hipster aesthetic. So, I guess, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, something tells me you wouldn't really like this as much if this was like Mario 64 levels of notoriety. Uh, I like to think that I don't actively like things less if a lot of people like them. Like, the hipster dream is that... I just have particular tastes, and that other people don't share them, not the, the other way around. I see. Well, anyway, we were looking at the trailer, and there's a bit to unpack there, not a whole lot. I don't imagine this will be a very lengthy discussion, but it's worth looking at. No, no, this is your revenge against me for always making you make two-parter episodes. Now I only get, like, three minutes of footage to talk about. Well, I mean... It I liked having the longer episodes. It meant I could do less work by just going, eh, we'll do a two-parter. Oh, well, okay. You were my ace in the I'll hole. I'll see but, what I can do then. But then you got better at getting to the point. Oh. But one of the main things is that they haven't lost it at all in terms of like trying to capture the urban Japanese aesthetic because everyone's still going around very stylish and all that. Oh, yeah, I love the character designs. And it's still in Shibuya, Tokyo. Mm-hmm. You'd think they'd go to a different region of Japan or even a different region of Tokyo, but they wanted to stay in Shibuya. It's like 
if we had a series that took place in New York, but all of them were exclusively Brooklyn? I think it kind of makes sense in the sense of just Shibuya being kind of this cultural icon of Japan and Tokyo, and so it really suits just the story the game is trying to tell the best. Probably. It does look like they're doing another message on the nature of the public and their role Mm -hmm. in the world, because one of the prominent lines from the trailer is something along the lines of, Hello, sheeple of Shibuya. Yeah, for for as much dialogue as there is in there, the most memorable part is that they do in fact use the word sheeple. Might have been a localized thing, but that, that that's kind of to right. the game's strength, is that the localization was really in the moment. The original game was very, like, the localized version of that was very up-to-date with slang and stuff, to the mm-hmm. point where the Switch version was marketed as something of a period piece. Oh, was it really? That's good. <laughs> that's that's just what I've read anyway, but it looks like they're keeping that same energy, and of course, all the phones are different now, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We have the main character wearing a surgical mask, even though he was designed before those became ubiquitous. Oh, dear. Well, he's the only one wearing them, so... He's not even wearing it right. Oh, yeah, he's not. Gosh. He's wearing it like a chin strap. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, there's kind of a cultural message there. I don't know. Hopefully not. So, you you saw the trailer. You saw the main characters. We've got, like, pretty much everyone is a new character with two notable exceptions. And I remember mm-hmm. you saying this before, that you prefer it this way, that they not linger on the old characters too much. Absolutely. Um, For one thing, with what we were just talking about with the slang and the period piece, if you brought in the same kiddos from the first game, then it has to be 2000-whatever. And just the story this game is likely going to try to tell has to be modern and just culturally woke and up-to-date and all that nonsense. Just having a new cast of characters who can be modern teenagers and show modern teenage issues is just a lot better to do and also just the characters from the first game we saw them they had their character arcs they became the people they are meant to be and now they're boring well-adjusted people and i want some angsty new kids and show apparently (laughs) what would you think about the idea of at least one cameo of one of the older like veteran main characters as like maybe not too important but as kind of Something along the lines of, uh, like, a not not really a cameo, but they're kind of like, hey, I know what you're doing here, this will help you in some way, and then just kind of quietly bowing out. What would you think if something like that happened? I would be fine with that if they really just stick it to one and they make it purposeful. Like, life goes on, even if you we're in an RPG as a teenager, you're not actually a perfect human being, you can have new problems to explore and still be a character. But it's when a series will have its cast of characters and they'll be good the first time, and then it just keeps them around for brand identity, that's when things get kind of boring, and I'm glad the game's not doing that. Except for Shaw, maybe. 
Yeah, the two recurring characters seen in the trailer are Show, the Grim Heaper, Pie Face, whatever they called him. Like in every other cutscene, there was just a new nickname for him. And Korea, one of the side characters who was a little bit popular. He was the guy with the lollipop. Show being back is probably just being framed as the new, or rather not new, mysterious thing, seeing as he's clearly quite playable. Yeah. Not necessarily evil. And so that just seems like a hook to get you, or people who are fans of the first game, to be more interested. It's like, I don't know, what's going on there? It's a mystery. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if like, they they have to know that he was a fan favorite character from the first oh, one. Oh, absolutely. That that's that just is a hundred percent correct. I still think it was humorously prescient, if I could sound any more pretentious in my wording there, that they almost seemed aware that he would be popular because they kinda loopholed him in enough ways in the original game that, oh, maybe he could come back in a different game or something, because when you see his unconscious body at the end of the first game, you, well, I mean, the fact that he didn't disappear entirely, that's usually what it means to be killed in The World Ends With You, so they kind of left him around just in case. That was like, oh, they thought ahead. They knew. That's true. They thought ahead for... 12 or 13 years in the future when they would finally make another game. Uh, it, it is weird that they do that and that he's back, but I don't know what circumstances would make him a player or good aligned or even just cooperating with anyone else. So I'm expecting just some plot shenanigans. I'm getting the impression that it's entirely out of self-interest and it's kind of a brute-forced alliance... Right. Because... And that would be entertaining, just forcing him to cooperate. Yeah, because his line of dialogue in his part of the character introduction is something along the lines of, your two options are to multiply or perish or something like that. Mm -hmm. Relatable. And there was another screenshot, because I kind of went a little frame by frame during some of the fast-paced English text conversations, how... There was this nervous-looking guy, and one of the people talking to him was Sho, and one of the other kids was saying something like, well, I'm not the one who wants to beat you up or something. I don't <laughs> I, I don't quite remember word for word what it was, but I, I got the impression that Sho is kind of going to be the problem child of the group, if he's even with them too often. Mm-hmm. And it's fair, they could just kind of throw him in and out here and there. I think I feel like characters like him tend to be just kind of there to to attract in the audience and then might not actually show up that much. But him being the problem child would be pretty fun, just surrounded by these vaguely normal kids. Although the, the girl does not sound normal. Yeah, she, she kind of reminds me of the one minor character from the early part of the first game. She... Her associated line of dialogue was something like, I give this situation negative 200 out of 10! And it was like, is she, like, a fan of the F guy? You know, you remember the F guy? Oh, yeah, I remember the F guy. That is a more numerically friendly F guy. 
I, I, I felt the same energy when she said stuff like that. Maybe. She, she seems more like, I don't know if manic is quite right, but just kind of very intense, whereas the prince, as he was, was more composed. Incidentally, I remember long, long time ago, I read someone's fan writing of, like, their own World Ends With You sequel, and it was actually a similar circumstances. There was a big free-for-all game, and one of the players was show just kind of commandeering the munchkins, and there was even a girl who looked kind of like this one. So I thought, huh, that's familiar. And I think that leads the other two prominent characters in the trailer is the main character, Rindo, or Rindo, and his friend, Fret, because apparently they are, they already know each other. They're, they used to be friends in school or something. Rindo used to be a shut-in, or he is a shut-in, I don't know, so... Okay, there we go. That sounds like the world ends with you. Yeah, there's there's your foot in the door to get him to learn about how wonderful the world is. Got him. And his friend is kind of a hothead. Mm -hmm. I like his pants. Skinny beat, as we call him. Do we really? No. Oh, skinny. Oh, he is like Beat, but skinny. Okay. Skinny Beat just sounded like too hip of a name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I already said his name's Fret. Right. Well, that's why I was so confused. I was like, does he have a second? Does he have a nickname? Which, Beat was a nickname. That's true. But no, Beat, Beat was in fact a separate character. This is like him, but skinny. I get it. He wasn't like that big. He was just kind of toned, but right, it's like right. it's like if Beat was a Capri Sun package, <laughs> and you just like <laughs> suck all the juice out with the straw, you get fret. Yes. Now, now he looks like a properly malnourished the world ends with you character. I mean, they're all dead, so yeah, they are, and it's clear to see why. <laughs> yeah, so those maniacs running around with straws sucking people until they're like little like dried wrinkly versions of themselves so they're dead again it's mentioned in the trailer that this is oh thank god but i have uh i have a bit of a game theory uh-oh i wonder if maybe this is a reaper's game but not as we know it it's uh, kind of like a Reaper audition, almost, as if they're trying to get more people to be Reapers. Um, I think it was implied in the first game that people who become Reapers are people who won the game but didn't win it that hard. And so it's like, okay, you can try again and risk your life to come back to life, or you can just be a Reaper. And it seems like they had that system down pretty well. Yeah, but with a new game, a new characters involved there's no telling how much of the old structure they'll want to stick with right gosh i wonder if joshua will come back because he's he's kind of a big deal the only problem though is that show is there and the game tries to be more modern than the last game so it can't take place in the past so right. for my theory to work out it would have to be something along the lines of show trying to reinstate himself as a reaper or something right like if this was a prequel or something 
it would just make perfect sense for Show to be there because factually he must have been a player at some point. But there's no cases of a Reaper then becoming a player later. Well, okay, yes, there is. Beat was kind of a special occasion. Beat did that, but that was a special occasion. Well, like, it's Show. Of course it's another special occasion. Yeah. Like, the whole game was full of special occasions, really. Like, the first... Yeah. The first week mostly existed to prove how a regular game would go, so the next two weeks could show, hey, show's bad at running a game, and hey, the game is actively (laughs) cheating. (laughs) Also relatable. Yeah, they set that up pretty well, and they'll probably manage something else this time. I don't know, was there being multiple weeks in the first game kind of a twist? Joshua was on the cover. I don't know, I only got into the game, like, what, maybe ten years after it came out, or... No. Okay. Not No, not ten years, but... Like, it's... Uh, uh, when did it come out? I think it was 2007. Josh was on the like cover. five years. So you, you, four to five years. You know you didn't see him. You didn't see him first week, so... It all checks out. So, I don't know. Yeah, we'll probably, by the time this game is out, know pretty quick if there's multiple weeks or not, or what shenanigans they pull, but... They're coming up with a whole new game's worth of ideas, so they'll do something silly. The game is now in 3D, and a lot of people accused it of ripping off Persona 5. Oh, dang it, I forgot to make that joke already. I was supposed to lead in by saying this game is copying Persona 5 so that I could copy the people saying it's copying Persona 5, but I forgot, and I failed. Darn. Now we have to be novel. Speaking of novel, how about that battle system? Oh boy, I I cannot tell at all what is going on. Yeah, they didn't really dwell on it at all in the trailer. They just kind of showed a few clips. Mm-hmm. It looks kind of like a 3D version of what the the phone and Switch version of the game showed off. You're just kind of fighting in mm-hmm. an alternate plain with all the noise the noise are back but a lot of the nuts and bolts weren't really demonstrated too well Mm -hmm. it seems like you might have a cursor that you move around either with the touch screen and undock in undocked mode or gosh it probably uses gyro controls actually which i guess the switch version did this game will be on switch and playstation uh four or five i think four still will it Okay, oh. I just, it just said Nintendo Switch trailer. Oh, yeah, because that's where I got the trailer to remind you of the game. Rats. Okay, I just knew it was going to be on a console I own and then figure out the details later. Um, PS4 has gyro. It must. It does. So, yeah, it probably has gyro controls. And the 3D models have cell shading... And despite all of this, they still use the same old art style for sprites for 2D conversations and vaguely comic-style cut-ins. That's new, but... Well, not entirely new. I like but... that, and I like I like both of those things. Um, character models for fighting and moving around and stuff with portraits for actual expressions is pretty regular practice. Yeah. I just hope that the cutscenes look nicer this time. Oh god, I hope so too. Like, 
back in the first game, that flashback with Joshua. Oh yeah. Like that that the little fist pump. Not just that, but just the, it's like his walking animation was like clicking and dragging a PNG of him. <laughs> like this is this is something you'd expect out of a WarioWare game. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm never going to unsee that. It is a WarioWare game. Uh, what really killed me was the fist pump that he does. Like, you can see the pixelation of his arm sprite that was clearly not meant to be rotated. Yeah. Oh boy. WarioWare minigame. Three, two, one, kill Neku, go! <laughs> oh no. They They should be able to improve upon that, I think. Uh, I want to think that they'd have a bigger budget now. Yeah, you know, like they're they're making a 3D game. They have fans, existing fans, and I don't know. It's probably easier to animate now. We have, you know, twelve or whatever years of advancement and technology. No more tweening, Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Poorly animated Joshua is your sleep paralysis demon. He is though. What do you think you're looking forward to, like, the most with this game? Probably just how such a 2000s... Was it a 2000s? Gosh, it was 2000s. That was a long time ago. How such a 2000s story gets adapted to modern culture and seeing just a twooey take on the current world climate and memes. Oh, God. Memes weren't as much of a thing. When the world ends with you came out in the first place. What's a meme? Right, it, like like they have to explain what the word meme is in that game. Now, granted, they're actually a gameplay mechanic and not the actual internet meme style of thing. But now they're like a thing. Everybody knows what a meme is. And so, yeah, there, there, there's just interesting cultural things in the world now that we're not around when the first game came out, and now they get to play with all of those. And that'll be exciting. Yeah, I think that's more or less what I'm looking forward to as well, thinking how they're going to tackle a 2010s, 2020s era Shibuya, and mm-hmm. also seeing just how this is supposed to fit in with the other story. And I think, like, at the end of the day, the first game meant so much to me because... I was the edgy teen that was its target demographic or audience that, like, had a lot to learn from it. And now, like, I don't know, I'm pretty well adjusted and I have my worldview. And I'll like it probably, but it won't be as, I cannot think of the word, developmental. Groundbreaking. No, like, it won't affect my development as much because I've already developed. Because they only released one of these games when I was a teenager. And then they just let my age nearly double before they made another. Yeah, I came into the game pretty late, but I had kind of a similar thing where I kind of related in ways that I probably shouldn't have before I started <laughs> relating in ways that I should have. And it wasn't until I kind of ranked this game among a bunch of others on a list with our friend Trixie, and I was just like, wow, I really did take a lot from this game. Mm-hmm. It's quite good. It just took me four years to notice. What One thing I feel like is, with a game as artsy as the first one, 
and taking so long to do a sequel. I, I feel like they might do a thing where they try to teach not not necessarily the opposite lesson, but they try to do something almost completely opposite from the first one in some major way. Because that, that, that seems to be kind of like the thing to do if you only make a series whenever, you know, 14 years apart from each other and they're both really artistically inspired. Is it? I, I don't know. Do you have examples? No. This idea feels foreign to me. Like, it's not just, like, cash grab, okay, here's more, the world ends with you, otherwise they would have done it ages ago, so... Mm -hmm. But, like, what would you do besides just saying the same thing again? Okay. Yeah, they they will have something different to say, because this is a game that made by people who had something to say, assuming they've kept mostly similar staff. I have not fact-checked that at all, and I don't know if I can. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the credits yet. I don't know, like a director, or just being made by Jupiter, or was it Jupiter? Just that secondary company that wasn't Square Enix? Like, where did they go? What do they do? I don't know. But just whatever creative minds were behind it. Just how many of them are back, and what they want to say, and what they want to do. Like, they probably weren't strong-armed into making this game, because it's a cult classic, and sequels to those don't really print money, but it'll definitely do some things that are neat. I'd be surprised if it didn't. Alright. Well, I don't know if there's that much left to say with how little there is out there. We had two minutes of footage. We multiplied it by 15 minutes. We're good. Yes, I told you, we're doing our good game explain impressions. Mm-hmm. Well, alright. Uh, thank you for joining me on this. No problem. I've been the host of this podcast. I will see you all on the next one. Thank you for listening. Even me, not really. Listen to Bidcast anytime on podcast1.com and on the Podcast One app.